from the block from the block from the block Welcome to From the Block podcast. My today's guest is a Ukrainian musician based in London, Andrei Kirichenko. Originally from Kharkiv, he started his musical career as a singer and songwriter in a local rock band. Over the course of years, he got involved in experimental electronic music projects and gained recognition among fans all over the world. Today, Andre is a founder of an independent record label and the director of Next Sound Music Festival. Andre, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. How are you feeling today? Uh, I, good, good. Thank you. It's it's a good weather, so it's nice. Yeah, full, full of full of. Yeah, I can see you full of energy, so that's that's nice. I, mm-hmm. I I love I love the positive vibes. Always hungry for positive vibes. <laughs> um, yeah. So well, where shall we start? Uh, maybe let's start chatting about your musical career. How did it start? Who inspired you to become a musician? And how this whole amazing career came together? Uh, so yeah, um, I think we many of us uh, do have stories behind their musical journeys. And uh, my began really early. I remember one of my first uh, memories from my childhood was like uh, five or six years old. And uh, I heard my father playing on the guitar. And mm-hmm. we had a lot of uh, family gathering uh, gatherings at that time. And uh, Every time the family gathers uh, for for an event, for a birthday or something, or mm-hmm. Christmas or New Year, uh, he just uh, played the guitar and uh, sang some songs from uh, Soviet uh, era, mm-hmm. and I was mesmerized by this. I was, uh, I just, I remember a stunt and the whole thing. I was immediately tried to you know to beg him to uh teach me how to play the guitar or mm-hmm. to send me to a music school oh, uh yeah but um uh he didn't care too much about that and uh, didn't have time to teach me and mm-hmm. i was started to beg my mother to send me to, <laughs> oh, to a music school and but my mother uh, had really really boring and difficult time when she went to music school like oh, she was telling me that uh, the time he spent in the music school like f- five or six years uh, mm-hmm. studying accordion it was right. like a, a total waste of time for her oh, and right, uh, right, right. she was always uh, carrying this heavy accordion on, the, on <laughs> her back it was like no, 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 you wouldn't be, we, you would not go to music school, uh, not in this life. So <laughs> All right. uh, I was really frustrated at that time. And I, you know, when I, um, when I grew up and I started to think about it, I, it just, I think they just wanted to, to me a better future. Uh, right. Because, I see. because it was 90s and, um, <clears throat> 
no, not 90s. It's well, it was 80s, mm-hmm. and in 80s in the USSR, uh, pursuing pursuing a musical career was like a dead end, and yeah. uh, they just wanted to for me to, uh, a better future. To have like a proper job, how they yes. call it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So did your parents work in like? those proper jobs normal yeah, yeah, jobs yeah, right yeah, yeah. right so yeah, they yeah. went to schools but they didn't like build on on that yeah or, yeah like, yeah my father uh, played in a, in a rock band mm-hmm. for some time but uh it just didn't pay the bills and mm-hmm. uh he became really early father he mm-hmm. got me like he was 21 right so, right, right. Still, so, still a boy <laughs> yeah yeah yes it was too early for him and uh, he immediately started to work uh, on a plant, um, doing some electronics, like sol- soldering electronics or something like that. And right. um, but despite of this, I've, I was still uh, interested in music, and mm-hmm. I was doing this musical uh, numbers and mm-hmm. school in kindergarten in uh, summer camps and I got the prizes and, and deeds and and stuff and uh, one of my neighbor friend uh, studied guitar as mm-hmm. well and I begged him to teach me <laughs> tried and, with neighbors <laughs> yes and he did he, we started to I started to uh, to learn guitar <clears throat> sorry and um I practiced a lot and mm-hmm. I played uh, music on the guitar, like uh, Soviet, obviously Soviet rock songs. Mm-hmm. And um, but then, uh, in one and a half year or two years, when I was like uh, fifteen or fourteen years old, mm-hmm. I was invited to this uh, small, small, let's say. A rock festival. It's, uh-huh. It was not a festival, but uh, it was uh, a, an event where, where all of our local rock bands were playing. And I was there and I'm just listening to all of these guys that not really are stars, you know, mm-hmm. that are somebody who I know and somebody who made make uh, their own music and right. I was thinking wow I can be one of these guys because yeah. I really wanted to to make something on my own mm-hmm. and uh, it felt more approachable yeah, right? yeah exactly it like, exactly yeah. it was like a, a moment of uh, revelation yeah, yeah and, uh, revelation for me <clears throat> and yeah and so I did I started to just uh, uh, coming up with uh, simple, stupid songs like uh, <laughs> three chords, four chords, like uh, looping all the way through the song, and uh, really simple like melodies and uh, words. Um, mm-hmm. So, what was your role in like rock bands? Were you like songwriter and like playing guitar? Sin- singer and songwriter. Singer and songwriter. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. go. And I played the guitar. So, yeah. And the next year, next year, uh, we, um, I uh, gathered a rock band. Mm -hmm. And the next year we, um, we were participating in this festival. Awesome. So, yeah, it was cool. It was uh, something, um, I felt like it's a beginning of something big, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in my life. Felt like a right path when you once you find it, you yeah. feel like you are moving in the right direction, right? Yeah, I, I didn't 
I didn't have any idea where it comes to, where should I go, or what's the future of all that. But mm -hmm. uh, it just felt so amazing to make my own music and um, fulfilling, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, even it was so stupid, so simple, so naive, so juvenile. It's still like um, uplifting, you know, for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing. So uh, the so when uh, did you when you were like uh, building your career as mm -hmm. a as a as a rock musician? Did you have any access to rock music from the West? Yeah, and uh, actually, in 1991, um, when the Iron Curtain fell and mm -hmm. uh, there was a collapse of, so, uh, uni of uh, USSR, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a lot of music started to flow from the radio and from the TV mm -hmm. in Ukraine. A lot of Western music. In how uh, how did that feel? Like because it was um, actually I I wasn't. I was really impressed by electronic music at that time mm -hmm. uh, it, because it, I didn't hear anything like that before. And when I started to hear like something like Kraftwerk or uh, mm. Coil or Depeche Mode or something like that, yeah. I was I was like, my God, I was blown away. Uh, I was, what is this? I yeah. mean, this is amazing. This is much better than the rock music. <laughs> <laughs> From Soviet Union. Yeah, you know, I can, I can really um, relate to that because um, obviously gro having grown up in Poland, uh, I remember Depeche Mode being huge. And like, so when I was a kid in the 90s, the, like, I grew up obviously in a block of flats uh, and the block was divided in two in Depeche Mode fans and Metallica fans. <laughs> Nice. And there was a real like war going on between two camps <laughs> of kids. And it was like, and they were asking me like, "Are you Depeche Mode or Metallica? Because either we either play with you or you are the enemy." Um, so yeah, but I, I do in particular remember the fascination um, uh, of, like, uh, with electronic music, uh, Depeche Mode, yet yeah, Kraftwerk, obviously the fathers uh, of, of of that trend, if you like. Um, but yeah, so any any other people who sort of like your gurus or people like you always looked up to? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember I, I was uh, listening to this uh, musical program called... Oh God, I don't remember right now. Anyway, so I was listening to Coil mm -hmm. and uh, I was like, wow, it's so harsh, so intense, um, so industrial. Uh, it's not like a, a pop music and... Uh, the, another shock came when I started to listen to ambient music, for oh, example, okay. but I like Brian Eno. Oh, yeah, I was about uh, to ask him Brian Eno. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was uh, like, what is this? What is going on here? Uh, you're just listening to five, six notes just repeating itself like over and over again in, in random uh, order. And it's so nice. It's so um, so. Uh, you are just. I started to bewitched by electronic mm -hmm. music. It's just uh, m totally uh, mesmerizing mm -hmm. um, events yeah. in my life. So, so how did you like? You were fascinated. Like, so did you pick up on that? Start making your own. Did your Did you have like a 
you know, a team around you, and like a like a electronic music band or something or it was just you solo being fascinated by it and everyone still was playing the same old rock <laughs> uh, yeah it was it was solo uh, so one of the guys who uh, was in uh, in another band and mm-hmm. lo- in an, another rock band mm-hmm. uh, so uh, we met with him and um, he told me that he has a synthesizer at home Oh, wow. and uh, yeah, how come somebody has a synthesizer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, he he was like, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm going away for the summer because he started to fall into uh, some religious uh, stuff, and uh, he was like a, a religious camp, summer camp mm-hmm. somewhere uh, in the woods, and um, he was like, I'm, I'm going out for a summer. Do you want to borrow a synthesizer and, uh, just to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, so come to my house and pick it up. And it was like 30 kilograms. <laughs> I was oh, okay. have to carry it down <sighs> like me. several hours on my back, but oh, it was, it was, it was wor- worth it. Yeah, it was, was worth, it, worth it. Felt it. Thirty kilograms of, yeah. <laughs> of pain, worth it. Of happiness. <laughs> of ha- Thirty kilograms of happiness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I started to um, tape recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you uh, loop through the music you uh, recorded uh, before, and mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. just uh, like recording uh, layers and layers and layers on top of your. Uh, like you're recording uh, a bass line, then you uh, you record a, a, a pads or something, and leads and stuff like that. Just uh, adding in layers and layers on top of your tracks. So that was uh, that was what I was doing, and um, and yeah, and uh, that was uh, I was started uh, to I started my first year at the university back then mm-hmm. and uh, I convinced my uh, parents to buy me uh, a computer and uh, it was much much more convenient and easier for me to do my own music yeah amazing uh, yeah it was uh, IBM PC 4 eight six or something wow great memory <laughs> but yeah yeah one of the first of your oh goodness me yeah. wow wow what a determination andre <laughs> hats off it's like you know going against the grain and just trying to carve your own way through you know because yeah i i i can i can relate to that <clears> like you know growing up in uh in the block right not having access to necessarily all kinds of music and also opportunities and also growing up you know in a household like everyone I think grew up in the Soviet Union like uh, or uh, you know associated countries it was all about hard work right <laughs> giving a proper job and and then like any artistic career was a little bit like nah that's not gonna pay the bills exactly. but you know hats off for all the efforts that you put into and um, mm-hmm. um, so when uh, musically, well, do you more dedicate your time into more experimental projects uh, nowadays? Or? Uh, not uh, well. Um, uh, how do I put it? Um, I did a lot of experimental stuff uh, back then, like ten years or uh, fifteen years ago, and uh, I suddenly realized that uh, there are so many experimental musicians out there that just do the music uh, just for the sake of experiment, 
mm-hmm. not for the sake of, uh, um, you know, trying to um, do something great because they are trying to push their own limits to um, do something new for the music itself, for the uh, uh, progress of music. And mm-hmm. uh, they tend to forget about the, uh, the listeners, mm, how, how, how listeners are mm, perceived this. Uh, because at the end of the day, I think, uh, I think that uh, it's important for, for, a, for a, a musician to be heard. Yeah. And to be to have a feedback. Um, and uh, not forget the audience, right? Always keep keeping the audience in mind. Yeah, Yeah, always keep the audience in mind. I don't I don't say that you need to give all the audience need. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's the, the dead end, uh, obviously. It's like a compromise. Uh, then it's just like it's, it's yeah. always a compromise, always. And you have to uh, have your own ideas in mind, but still remember that your music is going to be heard. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the reason. Uh, 100%. And um, and so the. Uh, this era of my career uh, led me to thinking that I probably need to uh, kind of um, do something more interesting and um, more more uh, accessible for people to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's not not too extreme, not too um, maybe because I I was uh, uh, growing older. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, uh, you know, um, this um, all idea, all ide- all extreme, all all uh, harsh, uh, heavy ideas that I have in my mind was kind of a, a, a person that grows up and struggling with the world and and uh, mm-hmm. uh, trying to find his way and stuff like that. But uh, when I grow older, I just realized that. It's uh, you have to you can't push boundaries of your own um, own um, I don't know limits uh, mm-hmm. inside of your mind. But uh, uh, it's it's not that you have to be um, extreme anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah. You can you can do some accessible stuff for people for yourself. Uh, that you can go back and listen like in 10 years and 15 years and 20 years and still enjoy by your own enjoy it uh, by your own music but still like um, there's something something have to be inside uh, of your own art that uh, challenges you and your listener yeah uh, this is my uh, this is my idea of um, of mm-hmm. um, musical uh, journey yeah. yeah yeah i can i can yeah i can understand that because yeah when we when we go older it's like the rebellious side of things exactly. uh, a little bit calms down but it doesn't mean that uh it means that i mean some people yeah do settle and and they are not that bothered taking any action but artists in general they do see things but it's less so about creating something rebellious for the sake of it yeah but more 
finding something that works, that questions certain things that don't work in the world. But it's more about creating, I think, like a dialogue with the audience, right? Absolutely. Uh, I can I can totally understand that. It's having spoken to so many creative people, that's that's so important. That shows maturity, you know, uh, artistically and, and as a as a person. Um, but talking about you, um, you know, your life evolving. Now that you live in in London, can you tell me when you moved to London and how how did how did the move happen and what's your obviously relationship now with friends and family in Kharkiv? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so um, in last year in the winter we had this uh, me and my girlfriend we had this dream to spend. Uh, several uh, winter months away from gray and cold Ukraine, mm -hmm. somewhere uh, where it's warm and nice. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the beginning of February, we flew to Sri Lanka and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we tried to uh, have some good time here there. Mm -hmm. But then the war started and uh, we Whilst were... Whilst you are in Sri Lanka? Yes, oh, yes. Me. Yeah, and then the full-scale invasion started, and uh, we were, like, really devastated and uh, just uh, uh, st stuck there because the flights were canceled and we didn't know what to do. And, we, you know, when we're, we were uh, uh, looking through the uh, news, uh, it was really, really... Uh, depressing because oh God, um, yeah. uh, the first, especially the first months uh, of the full-scale invasion was really hot and we lost a lot of lands and there was like um, a lot of um, this news about uh, mm, uh, mass killings and uh, tortures oh. Oh and stuff God. like that yeah. and it was uh, it was so it was so devastating it was like um, uh, I. I, I have to be honest with you. I, I thought we couldn't make it. You know, oh, Ukraine goodness. couldn't make it because it was so... Um, the uh, the Russian forces were so vast in, in power and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. we lost a lot of, uh, of our resources, uh, military resources, during the first month. Of, yeah. of the war because nobody was expecting it it just yeah. came out of nowhere yeah absolutely absolutely like, well uh it's uh, it's very it's another story it's a, yeah, yeah it's another long discussion of course yeah, yeah. but that must have been so stressful and shocking why is on like away on a winter sort of holiday hearing all of that mm -hmm. and like what about your family are do, do you 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 must have at least friends or like yeah, yeah. family and yeah 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 my, my friends were in ukraine in kharkiv and two of them were trying to evacuate immediately on uh, february 24th under the rocket fire uh, under me. the bomb bombings yeah and one of my friends car got into the um, how do you the pit from the yeah. from the uh, bomb Oh, and uh, yeah, he was, uh, but they um, successfully evacuated from Kharkiv at that time and uh, everything is good for, with them. My mother and father, I was trying to convince them to uh, evacuate immediately, but uh, they was just really stubborn. They are, uh, you know, grown older people, all, older yeah. people and uh, 
they just uh, keep telling me, this is our home. We are not going anywhere because, uh, of course, they are, they were scared of where do do they go, um, where do they where will live, live yeah. uh, how it will be, and stuff like that. And they um, they refused to evacuate on uh, on the first week of the war, and uh, I was trying to push them really hard. But um, what can you do? You, yeah, you just no. it's it's impossible to just you know come and just <laughs> grab yeah, them just, yeah take them physically like you can't yeah they're well yeah are they okay now yeah 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 they are totally fine it was it was really difficult for them uh during the first year of the war but now when we pushed uh russian forces farther away from kharkiv uh mm-hmm. so they feel um safer, safer right mm-hmm. now and uh mm-hmm. before that was really scary because you see all the rockets like flying on top of your head Goodness yeah and uh one of their neighbors uh houses were destroyed with all the family killed <gasps> and uh yeah so uh, oh my god Yes, not fun. Yeah. Oh goodness me! And also, like for for me, like the 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 biggest like surprise is understatement. Like the shock, you know, of all of that happening is that like who would ever expect a war in Europe nowadays? Like, like why? How on earth? Like it feels like things that may happen somewhere in the world, but not right there in Europe. Like Russia invading Ukraine. Just, just. So, so shocking, but and and yet, like, Absolutely. yeah. Um, so, so what did you do afterwards? Like after a few months of outbreak? Yeah, and uh, it, it was March, so mm-hmm. um, and we is it was still the hot phase of the war, and we still didn't know what to do. But then the revolution started on Sri Lanka. They, oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They got uh, power cuts. Uh, they had uh, a food uh, and gas uh, audit- outages. Uh, yeah, the the, the, yeah. the, the, the cuts that they were uh, like yeah, yeah, the shortages. Shortages, was, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, shortages, and uh, they had uh, curfews, and mm-hmm. uh, people are started started riots on oh, the good. street. <laughs> And there was a revolution, so people were uh, trying to um, to f- find the gov- corrupt government in Sri Lanka because they stole all the money from the from from people, the state. Yeah. And uh, it was really wild. Imagine this: um, Sri Lankan people are really calm. They have a, a Buddhism in their in their countries. And their country, and uh, they're really calm and nice and sweet and smiling, and you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but imagine they are putting the uh, cars or on fire, oh, and, 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 and the and anger chases. came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the anger is just just suddenly started to burst, and uh, in Colombo, uh, the capital of Sri Lanka, they had super. Big riots on the streets, and it was just really, really crazy. And we decided to move out immediately when it started because, uh, mm. you know, they had electricity like two hours uh, a day. Wow! Uh, yeah, the f- uh, food uh, it was really hard to f- 
to find uh, proper food and stores and no gas. It was like queues for the gas was like several kilometers, uh, kilometers. Uh, and um, (laughs) yeah like the the war and the rebellions like almost followed you that must have been so stressful I'm so sorry (laughs) that's fine that's fine that's life what can you do oh gosh and uh, yeah we we sat down and uh, was like oh my god what should we do where we where should we go and um, I know that uh, uh I heard in the news that uh, the Great Britain, the, the United Kingdom, had uh, has this program, Home for Ukraine, mm-hmm. and uh, they're giving away uh, visas if you sign up uh, for an application and you f- find a sponsor here. Mm-hmm. And so we filed uh, an application uh, for mm-hmm. this program uh, while mm-hmm. being on Sri Lanka in in uh, end of March and mm-hmm. uh, beginning of April. And while we were waiting for that application to come through and uh, to get our visas for the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, one of my friends from Austria, from Vienna, a musician, uh, his name is Martin Brandelbeier mm-hmm. from uh, a, a, a cool band called Radian. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, he invited me and to stay with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he offered me a shelter in his uh, wooden house. Oh, I love uh, um, Yeah, a small wooden house uh, when you have a stove and everything. Oh, lovely. Um, in, in the village, mm-hmm. like two hours away from Vienna. So mm-hmm. we flew there for, for a month and, and a half. Mm-hmm. And then we got a visa and we came here and mm-hmm. we settled. In, uh, oh, wow. What in, a journey! Yeah, in Farnham. Uh, oh. Farnham is uh, is Surrey, uh, mm-hmm. one hour away from London. So I'm basically uh, not really in in London, but, but almost. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, feels like yeah, it's pretty much London suburbs, I would say. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, how do you how do you find living in the UK so far? Uh, I liked it. I mm-hmm. liked it so much. I, I still like it. Uh, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> It's um, when when we had this uh, f- uh, our first um, fundraising event in Eclectic and uh, on Waterloo in London Waterloo, uh, mm-hmm. gathering some uh, financial help for Ukrainian volunteers, mm-hmm. and uh, there were two British guys came and asked me, "What? How do I find uh, the United Kingdom? How do I find living in United Kingdom?" I said, "It's great," mm-hmm. and they. T- just was staring at me. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Britain is a fucked up country. <laughs> I was why? <laughs> Man, you don't have anything to compare. You yeah, know? of course. Uh, well. People are always complaining, and I, I know that. And United Kingdom is not the perfect country, but the fact is. There is nothing, there is no country in the world that is perfect, you know. Very true. And uh, I like it because um, uh, because you have a strong culture here. And mm-hmm. uh, for me, it's very important uh, to, to, to be 
involved like a vibrant involved, exactly society. in in a cultural in a cultural um stuff events yeah, and uh, gathering and meeting with other people mm -hmm. and looking at people who do something in the art not just in music but in poetry and dance and, and yeah, installations yeah. and uh, paintings and uh, yeah. digital art or whatever and uh, it's so great because I know uh, I suddenly started to know a lot of uh, people that uh, just just do their own thing and it's so wonderful to see that mm -hmm. uh, of course in ukraine we have a lot of uh, art and uh, we have a, a prospering uh, mm -hmm. musical um uh, musical scene right now but mm -hmm. uh, still you know in ukraine you have um two extremes it's like uh if it's either a techno music mm -hmm, a dance mm -hmm. music or a pop music yeah. And uh, when you do something out of, out of um, the, the main, the two extremes, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, out of the main genres, so you kind of uh, left um, somewhere out of everything that is going on, and and mm -hmm. uh, Ukraine is still developing mm -hmm. in this in this sense. <clears throat> like culturally <clears throat> but yeah yeah there is more how can you say more variety culturally speaking mm -hmm. in the uk for sure mm -hmm. uh, and I, I find it myself like being a migrant right it's like uh especially living in london because it's so eclectic it's you, you can choose who you want to be and what you want to do artistically because there is always room for yeah. for an audience also for something that either hasn't been done before or either something that is a niche, but it's okay because you will find other people that are interested in the same niche as yours. So it's really empowering for like creative minds to also bounce back the ideas of other people who are um, have this courage and tenacity. It's like it's also encouraging and motivating to, to work on your own stuff exactly. when you are surrounded by people like that. Yeah. I, I totally I totally get it. Mm -hmm. um, and I also find that uh, in a lot of Eastern European countries, there is the it's the mentality that is very pragmatic, uh, which is great on one hand, because I always heard that like, Eastern Europeans don't kick fast, so we don't complain. So that's the, you know, to, to the point that you said that, you know, British people always complain, oh, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. Yeah, Eastern Europeans are can be moody and complain about things, but we get on with things. It's like, oh, whatever. Let's ju let's just deal with it. Whatever, <laughs> whatever life, life throws on you. All right, we just let's get this sorted and let's let's just get on with things. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so that's maybe uh, we we definitely can work hard and 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 uh, have this sort of res resilience. Uh, mm -hmm. But equally, sometimes. Uh, I know so many creative people from Eastern Europe or like when I was growing up, I was seeing like artistically talented colleagues, uh, friends, and they would never pursue it because it's not it's like considered almost like a not a real job. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's it's only like a hard work. It's like, oh, yeah, you, you, you do a proper job, either like a physical job or I don't know, being a doctor, being a lawyer, you know, the usual, usual ones. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to find this right environment that will encourage you to actually pursue artistic career 
in Eastern Europe, in comparison, obviously, with places like London. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, uh, it's uh, so it's been like uh, just over a year now that you are here. Yeah, uh, I I think it's one and a half year, um, maybe more. Mm-hmm. So we came here in May 2022. Oh, yes. So in December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, do you feel homesick sometimes? Um, it's hard to tell, you know, mm-hmm. hard to tell because uh, a lot of my friends stayed in the Ukraine and uh, my family is still there. And uh, yeah, I, I do feel sometimes yeah. uh, homesick. But. Um, um, you know, um, it's really difficult time right now in Ukraine. It's really difficult. For, uh, on one hand, we uh, struggle uh, with with the war, but on the mm-hmm. other hand, we struggle with the with the all the sort of social issues like um, corruption. Yeah, and, I've um, heard. Yeah, and stuff like that. And uh, I have a feeling that. Uh, our government is trying so hard to is trying to change. Ch- to change that yeah and uh, i really hope they will they will manage it mm-hmm. really manage mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. yeah and um, it's it's really um, good times that we are living right now because we have a uh, zoom calls and skype chats yes and uh, you know, yeah. I can I can really um, call somebody I really miss and talk mm-hmm. like that. It's not like a, a warm um, people conversation having mm-hmm. uh, having uh, when they are close together. But uh, still, mm-hmm. it's uh, just much better than just a, a phone call or just a chat. Sure, but sure, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I I do understand it. Sometimes it's like it's hard to, like quite like obviously be homesick because obviously Ukraine is now going through so many things, and it's maybe not like a obvious thing to say. Oh, I want to be there like now, please. Like, do you? <laughs> right. It's it's it, it's a quite um, it's a place with a lot of problems at the moment. However, obviously, like. The missing people is another thing. So sometimes home can be like physical as a land building and it can be also the people. Uh, but like you said, thankfully, we have all these um, tools now to actually reach out and mm-hmm. keep in touch with people. That really, really helps. It's like it's so important when you're a migrant, right? Uh, so I, I, I can relate to that myself. And uh, and and sometimes, you know, uh, I do have friends in London that I see only like twice a year anyway. So uh, because London it's yeah. big, it's busy, and you know it's so hard to find the time to catch up. Um, but yeah, if it, it's, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that you know you are keeping in touch and your family's well. Um, so I do have this so sort of final question: How are you planning to spend your Christmas? Oh, the Christmas! Uh, I don't know uh, because uh, in Ukraine we have uh, the, uh, later, later, yes. later Christmas. Yes, because January, of the, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, January six, and uh, we. Uh, I'm not religious myself, but uh, mm-hmm. still, uh, you, uh, it's a tradition, in, right? In, in Ukraine, up. it's yeah. a, a tradition to visit your parents and and 
Mm. And uh, having a big, big meal. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone eats for Christmas. It's, it's not even a religious thing, is it? It's just like people like eating around this time of the year, gathering. It's nice, isn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what like uh, they are, we are starving for the whole year and then <laughs> finally <laughs> had a chance to, to have a proper meal on, the, on Christmas. Yeah. But uh, this year, I don't know, uh, my friends uh, from Ukraine who live live in London, invited me to go to um, Spain and in um, uh, Bilbao. Oh, nice. So we, Lovely. yeah, we probably will stay with them and spend some time in, in, with other Ukrainian guys. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of really immersed into what's going on in Ukraine and uh, I'm trying to uh, do my best and donate and... and Course, and um, uh, participating in fundraising events, so maybe that will come up mm-hmm. uh, be- because of the Christmas and you know and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I wish you Merry Christmas and oh, thank uh, you. yeah, best of luck for all your future projects. I hope you know. I hope the war will end very soon, and soon you will you. be able to like. I hope too. You know, uh, your family and friends will be 100% safe without the danger, you know, always lurking there. But, um, uh, yeah, wishing you all the best. And, uh, and yeah, all the best for the new year. Uh, and, yeah, thank you so much for coming and uh, really appreciate uh, Thank you so much for having this. me. Thank, yeah, you. thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>